getting the foundations right across things like data and process is key if you want to continue to accelerate the sales performance and drive better results from your organization. Go slow to go fast. Welcome back to this episode of Move the Deal podcast. Move the Deal is a podcast by Miller Hyman Group for sales leaders looking for timely insights on how they can win their must-win deals. See the move that moves the deal. And for sales ops, sales enablement, and talent professionals that aspire to provide their sales teams with world-class tools, talent, and technology. You can subscribe to our podcast at movethedeal.com. This is your host, Greg Moore. I'm delighted to welcome Ms. Yudi Dekiba to today's show. Yudi is the research director for CSO Insights, which many of you already know is the research arm of Miller Hyman Group. CSO Insights provides the market and Miller Hyman Group with continuous research on what defines world-class selling, sales operations, sales enablement, and sales leadership. Yudi brings a special area of expertise both to CSO Insights as well as to our podcast today on the intersection of data, technology, sales, and sales operations the stuff I love. Special thanks to Celeste Lunsford, the Chief Research Officer for CSO Insights, for bringing Yudi into our family and making this podcast possible today. Let's listen to the incredible insights Yudi shares around creating a sales data strategy. Yudi Dekiba, I'm thrilled to have you on Move the Deal podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. Can you start by sharing with us a little bit about what attracted you to CSO Insights and a bit about the role that you have as an analyst? Sure. I am a research director, and so I'm a research analyst, and I focus specifically on the areas of sales operations and sales technology on the CSO Insights team. And what is really exciting is CSO Insights is a research resource that I have actually been using myself in various roles throughout my career, whether I was in sales or sales operations periodically. So it's actually very exciting to be part of the team where now what I can do is research and write about what I used to do as a sales operations practitioner and share some of the best practices in that area with my colleagues out there. And I've got to share with our listeners, Yudi, that uh, I had the opportunity when Yudi was evaluating us and we were bringing her into the organization to have some conversations with her. The two of us were totally geeking out with each other because (laughs) Yudi's got this expertise in such an important area of the convergence of technology and sales, sales performance and sales ops, where they all meet in the center, that's where Yudi's an expert. So happy to have you on the show today, Yudi, really am. Thank you. Yudi, you just authored a white paper called Defining a Clear Sales Data Strategy that I wanna talk about today. So can you just speak with us a little bit about what you learned from writing that paper? Sure. So the focus, as the title says, is sales data strategy. And I would say the key word here is strategy. Typically, when we think of data, we think kind of data management, data cleansing. But the focus of this paper is on really having a clear strategy to leverage the available sales data in this case as an organizational asset, which for those who are familiar with the world-class sales practices study that we did this year, did actually emerge as one of the new top 12 sales practices that we highlighted in the study. 
And the focus of the white paper really is less around how to manage data, but more what does it really mean to have a sales data strategy, if you think about it. And just to quickly summarize, sales data strategy is not having sales operations or IT manage the data for you. And it's also not just about pulling reports, which might be something that typically come to mind when we think about data and how we use it. It's really having a documented plan that provides the sales organization with a structured framework to effectively manage and use the data as an asset to help sales organizations make the decisions to drive better results. And so if you think about that, having a structured framework sounds quite complex and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. There are a couple of key principles that we actually talk about and highlight in the white paper in a little bit more detail on what you can do to get started in creating a more strategic approach. And it really starts with the executive sales leader taking into an ownership around sales data versus just becoming kind of the sponsor only of a project or even again passing it off to sales operations or IT to manage but the sales leader should really have a key role to play throughout the process. You know that was one of my main takeaways from the white paper was the importance of the role of the sales leader in owning that data strategy right because so often we see functional organizations within a company doing things to a sales organization and deciding what processes the sales organization is going to follow, et cetera. But it's really important for that sales leader to stand up and say, this is what I need the organization to be doing in order to make sure my sales organization will perform at peak performance. Right. So it's just an observation more than a question per se. Let me ask you a question though. Is this white paper available to the market at large? or just the CSO Insights membership base? It is actually available to the public as well. If you visit our website and click on the Thought Leadership link, you will be able to access it there. Okay, excellent. So some of our content on CSO Insights is for members only, Mm -hmm. and this one sounds like the whole world can come and partake of the goodness found in this white paper. Great. So I want to maybe stick with this idea of the sales leader for just a moment, if we can, because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the messages that you have um, are for the sales leaders. I'm a sales leader. I work with sales leaders and business leaders on sales performance. So for me, the output that I'm looking for from a sales data strategy is really improved performance. I saw the data point in your research that said organizations with a sales data strategy have higher quota attainment, 62 versus 51, and they've got better win rates. So my question for you is, did you discover in your research why there is a correlation between these important areas of improved performance with the sales data strategy? Yes. Um, One of the things we highlight as one of the four key elements we summarize there around the sales data strategy is agreement on how the data will be used, which again is something that sales leaders can drive, again, part of the ownership role that they play. And to give you an example, the case study we highlight in that white paper is taking the example of sales activity as a type of sales data. In that scenario, what we see is not using and looking at the reports around your sales team's activity, emails, calls made, or meetings made, or any other type of activity you decide you want to track, not managing it in a, let's see how much activity volume there is, but rather being clear on how you want to use that data. 
And in this particular case, the sales leader actually wanted to address a business challenge, which was to better predict sales performance by reviewing the team's sales activity and adjusting where his team spent time. And one of the important things that uh, this sales VP that I had the opportunity to interview highlighted was he made sure the team understood the purpose of tracking these activities is not a micromanagement activity, but to really help his team understand what activities will help them be more successful. And the immediate benefit he and the team saw is that they became more self-aware of where they were spending their time. And as they learned from each other what activities generated better results that moved the opportunities forward, they became more thoughtful and more planning oriented. And with four quarters of this type of activity data now available, they're now diving into the second phase in this example, where they're looking at where they should spend more time to be successful, as well as identifying activities that could be better managed with support from other teams versus the sales team focusing on that activity. So in that scenario, you can see that it's actually helping the sales team focus their time on the right activity to drive towards better results, in this case, moving the needle on the opportunities they're engaged in. And that really starts with understanding what the business challenge is. And so there is an example of where that can drive, you know, higher quota attainment for their sales team, as well as higher win rates. So that's one example. Another example might be prospect prioritization. Right, an activity that many sales leaders and sales teams might be currently engaged in. Instead of blanket prospecting to many accounts and contacts out there, trying to prioritize using the data available to you internally, whether it's the level of activity a contact or prospect is doing, or is it a particular target account that we want to go after that our solution can help provide some service that they need, then you are really taking more of a targeted approach to engaging your prospect in the prospecting activity. Again, that's another example of using data with a purpose versus just pulling reports and trying to figure out what the data is telling us. In the example you shared there, the sales leader was using the sales data strategy to correlate what activities the sales organization were engaging in that were having the greatest impact on the sales results. Yes. And then other examples are quota, how to... Is it setting quotas or how to do a better job of attaining quotas? It's more, I think, enabling the sales teams to focus in that case on the right types of activities so that they can drive towards achieving a quota because they are able to close more deals better in that way. Got it. It's really, where's the target-rich environment for us to hunt and to share our value messages to get the biggest impact? Yes. And prioritization of prospects. Any others that surface from your research and, and case studies that you can share with us? Those are some of the immediate ones. I think another one is as an example, there's so many technologies available today that can probably provide you with some new data points that can become insights. But again, the importance here is how do you want to use that data and where? And another example, a good example is taking information, multiple different kinds of information such as buyer persona or ideal customer profile or the media 
meeting outcomes that your team had in addition to a more one-dimensional subjective forecast or sales probability review, uh, status on an opportunity or a deal by adding in some of those additional data points into your forecast review discussions you could have a more multi-dimensional conversation so that might be another example of where you are really leveraging the available data in a way that makes sense in the context of a forecast review meeting I love it that is music to my ears so <laughs> we should do a case study where we come back let's say in six months or whenever and do podcast number two and between now and then let's layer in and factor in some of this data to see the impact on forecast accuracy because that's the holy grail Great. that's really when a sales leader is able to get that pinpoint accuracy in their forecast mm -hmm. it means that they know their clients they the sales organization is following a process people are executing well and the business has the visibility they need around the win rates the revenue that's going to be coming in I would love to have a second conversation around that. Sounds great. <laughs> now, <laughs> you mentioned technologies, and I think that's a very interesting topic because the sales tech landscape is getting way more complex. If you're in front of a computer, folks, do this right now. Just Google sales tech landscape and look at the images that come up. You'll see a placemat of hundreds of logos that are arrayed you know, in different broad categories and platforms and technologies. And actually, Yudi, you might be interested to know, I recently was looking at the sales tech landscape for 2019, mm -hmm. and I noticed so many more logos. I, I went back and looked at a slide that I used in 2017, just a couple of years ago, for a presentation around the future of selling, and the number of logos was dramatically fewer. You know, you know the same kind of search produced a much smaller placemat, so the space is getting much more complex. What do you see as the role of technology. Why is this space exploding so much? Is it a good thing? Yeah, I think it's a good thing, but it could also become a bad thing if we're not careful. And let me start with a good thing. It's a good thing in that there are a lot of technologies out there that are now available to help really automate a lot of things that may have been manual tasks that we might have done, whether it's you know pulling reports or modeling in Excel as an example, or maybe even taking notes. As you and others are aware, Greg, there's a lot of call recording type technologies available from a sales use case perspective that really helps take that time and effort needed in taking notes uh, that we typically did, whether on virtual meetings or in face-to-face -face meetings. And if you're in a virtual meeting, especially, the call recording is a capability that allows you to really focus on the conversation with the customer or prospect versus trying to jot down every single thing that they're saying that's significant. And so that's an example of there are a lot of tools out there now from a technology perspective that really help automate a lot of things that were manual, which means it can help the sales teams really focus more on the core activities back to the activities again so that they're not wasting time on more of the tactical manual steps. Mm -hmm. But the bad thing that could occur is if we're not careful and really thoughtful in looking at where as a sales organization we want to invest in the sales technologies that are available today. One of the things that I've noticed in the growing sales tech landscape you mentioned is many of the technologies tend to actually cover within their scope a couple of, um, not to undermine what they're doing, but a couple of feature functions, let's say. Mm -hmm. And some technologies may do that plus more, while others do that as a standalone. 
And what that means is there's a lot of options out there for those of us in the sales organization that are the potential buyers for the sales technologies available. And that really means the onus is on the buyer to do a better job of really thinking through why do we need the technology? And as part of that process, it's really important to, again, go back to the basics, right? What business challenge or sales productivity improvement, as an example, are we trying to address versus reacting to, hey, somebody said this is a good tool. Let's take a look at it because they're already using a pilot version. I think you do need to take that back to the fundamental question of what business challenge does it address and how does it fit into whatever else sales technology you currently already have in your environment and also what business processes does it support. A lot of times process is there but it's not thought of in the context of sales technology and how it might support it or how it might also work with the existing process as well as other technologies that you already have. And so the caution here is it's a good thing, I think, compared to way back when, when I was in sales where many things were not as automated. But the caution is let's be careful and selective in why you're choosing the technology you're looking at. Yeah, okay, got it. So start with the business challenge, be clear about what process you're trying to improve, and then that's where the technology selection comes into play. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing in terms of trends with the tech stack? Is there any rationalization happening? Is it growing? Yeah, so our sales operations study last year, actually, we found that on average, organizations already are using 10 sales technologies currently with plans to add four or more within the next 12 months. That's quite a lot. And the other trend that we're seeing, which is not necessarily good news, uh, Greg, that is, you know, as a result of our uh, world-class sales practice study is less than a quarter of organizations that participated in our study indicated they felt that their sales tech stack effectively addressed their selling challenges. Again, I think the reason is there is a lot of technology available out there, but if you don't take a little step back and think through why do we need this technology for what, I think you can end up in the scenario where you have a lot of technology, but you're not able to really figure out how to use it effectively. So we've got an average tech stack of 10 technologies another four on the way, and yet less than a quarter of the sales leaders have confidence that that tech stack is addressing their true performance challenges. Yes. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, okay. And and do you see anything happening out of my own curiosity around the systems integration? Are there any technologies emerging that are helping to integrate these for sales leaders so we don't have to go out to so many different systems and pull pieces together? Yeah, I think there are quite a bit that are already out there. The other thing that I also see frequently in my conversations with different people is it's not just the technologies that actually do the integration across the different technologies, but also organizations that provide services around that. So they can kind of take that and offload it from sales or even sales operations when they're looking to do the integration. And the other trend that I'm also seeing in the sales tech world is a lot more partnership between different sales technology vendors. I think the intent there, again, is they're also acknowledging the complexity of the landscape. And so where it makes sense, the partnership will help, I think, reduce some of that challenges around things like integration across different systems. 
at the same time, Greg, I want to highlight to anybody looking at sales tech, it's not just the system to system or sales tech to sales tech integration, but the process to process integration, not just the process to system connection, but again, if one system is supporting one process, another one is supporting another business process, what if any handoffs or considerations are there from a process to process you know, impact that we should also think about? So I think keeping process hand in hand in mind when you think about sales tech is very important. Is that a process topic or change management topic or are those synonymous in the context you just shared? Very good question. I would say process is a component of what we would call change management. And so when I say change management here, it's really that people side of change. If you imagine, let's say you're rolling out a new sales technology implementation, there's typically a project manager involved. Change management in this case is really more working in parallel with a project manager to really think through the people side of the change that will come about with the introduction of this new technology in this scenario. And within the change management context, it starts way before the implementation phase related communication and training, but starts with raising awareness with the stakeholders, not just the directly impacted audience, such as the sales team, but also maybe others in marketing or finance or even customer success, if the mm -hmm. system might impact their own sales technology they're using, or even the processes that the technology touches. And again, so in that context, process really becomes part of an overall change management plan you should really think through. Brilliant. Okay. And what about the role of the frontline manager? Where do they fit into this whole concept of getting the correct change from the technology that is being implemented? Because they would, they would clearly have a, an important role in making sure the sales organization is following a sales process and using the right tools and so forth. Where do they play in? Yes. Again, similar to the point about change management happens even prior to the implementation or after an implementation where managers can really play a key role in the reinforcement adoption with the coaching they provide their teams. But it also starts before that, where they really are the champions in helping the sales teams and their organization understand how to navigate through the change that will be coming about even prior to the implementation. Um, if you can kind of imagine when we as individuals go through change, it's always more easily digestible when we are already aware of what to expect versus if you're handed over and notified about a change that happens overnight that you weren't even informed of prior. So yep. the same logic applies. And I think managers play a key role uh, because part of our change management best practice is that your direct manager are the best messengers so that you would actually listen from of any communication that you might receive. And that's why they play a key role in helping them understand why the change is needed and helping them navigate through the change as well as after, let's say in this case, a new sales technology is rolled out, how they could be using the tool and even providing coaching for them. The way you just described that sounds so much more high impact on an organization than just decisions being made with no involvement. Uh, possibly ma made by IT, and then, you know, it's just communicated via email, tossed over the fence, and say, here, you've got a license, go for it. Right. And I think the other thing here, and since you're a manager as well, Greg, right, is that managers also need to use it. If they are great messengers and champions, but they're not really using it, that is kind of a little, you know, 
not so good. So we want to make sure that managers are also trained with their teams. But as with anything, I think managers, we should also provide them with a little bit more additional coaching related type training as part of their training experience as well. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And so I want to ask you for some thought leadership here. I see in a lot of organizations, lack of clarity in the boundaries between sales, sales operations, sales enablement. There's a whole separate topic around the reporting structures of of all those functions uh, in support of revenue growth. But if you can just comment with some clarity, if you have a perspective here, what is sales operations responsible for? What is sales enablement responsible for? What are the pieces that sales should own 100%, et cetera? Can you please comment with your views on this? Yeah, that's a very good question. If we separate org structures for just a second, I think, you know, when you think about function or discipline, operations as a function, discipline, sales enablement as a function, discipline, and sales, and within the sales context, the sales managers and leaders, there are definitely distinct roles and responsibilities each have. At CSO Insights, Tamara and I are very aligned in how we define and differentiate what sales operations does and what sales enablement does. To put it it in an oversimplified manner, sales operations really is responsible for helping build, manage, maintain, and of course, update as needed what we call the selling system foundation. It starts with the go-to-market planning across coverage models, sales compensation plans, quota setting. It goes into the process arena that we talked about earlier, reporting, of course, and insights when the organization is, you know, has the capability to provide that as well. And of course, the sales technology management. And then the selling foundation is really like a sales highway for our sales organization. So we kind of help maintain that. And the sales enablement really helps equip enable and empower the sales organization to be able to navigate through the processes and technology that the operations provide so that they can engage with their customers in a very efficient manner and consistent manner. And so again, that's a very oversimplified definition, but that's how we kind of clearly differentiate. So if we don't have the foundation yet, sometimes organizationally, if you only have a sales enablement um, organization, they may end up taking on that role. And that's okay. But that's how if you have sales ops and enablement as distinct functions organizationally, you can kind of differentiate and create a partnership. And of course, sales managers, you have so much on your plate, I'm sure, Greg, right, in just managing your team, helping guide them through the process. And so the key role that managers play in this case is really supporting the team in really helping them understand how to effectively utilize all the process and technologies that we make available. And then enablement really provides the other things around sales methodology and skills and also the content that the sales organizations need to interface with the prospects and customers. And the managers really are key in helping their organization utilize all of those things effectively and really helping them figure out what are the next steps that we should be thinking that maybe they didn't by applying a lot of the methodologies or processes that are already provided for them. Okay, now I want to layer that down 
one level to a bit more granular for the sales data strategy specifically. How do are there any differences in terms of who owns what? I guess IT comes into the mix at this point. Yes, definitely. Most often IT will be involved. And so let me first start by the executive sales leaders and differentiate them from the sales managers. So executive sales leaders, as we mentioned earlier, really should own end-to-end the data strategy for sales. And that really includes being responsible for assigning ownership of who does what, because sometimes if there's confusion or conflict in the discussion, they can really be the ones that can make some of those decisions. Defining how data will be used, which we touched on, creating the structure and making sure there is a structure in place to manage the data strategy and adjusting that strategy on an ongoing basis. So that would be an example of how the sales executive leader would be responsible for in the context of sales data. Got it. IT, understandably, would own the security and integrity of the data and considerations around that. But as one CIO interview mentioned, but it's in support of the sales strategy, right? It shouldn't be viewed as an IT problem, but rather a business problem, in this case, sales data challenge that's supported by IT. And sales operations, partnering with IT, really owns the what we would call the analysis of the data, as well as which technologies will be used to compile that analysis. And in that sales technology implementation scenario, they may partner with IT, but they should be the ones making the decisions around what's needed to help them compile those analysis. If we were to add sales enablement, I would say a great example that we highlighted earlier is when we roll out a sales technology, there may be process considerations that should be added in to the training itself and also the coaching that we might need to build. In that scenario, sales enablement can be the driver with sales operations providing input into what are some manager coaching training content considerations they could have based on the operations team's knowledge of the sales technology and how the process works with the technology. So maybe that's how sales enablement also has a key role in this scenario as well. Boy, that was high value insight right there. That was really well articulated. I could geek out with you for another couple of hours. I know you don't have that much time. So if it's okay with you, I want to move to the the last part of our conversation here today. We call it, what's your move? And I would like you to direct this to sales leaders because I feel like the messages that you're sharing today really require the sales leader to step up and own end-to-end this sales data strategy. So what's your actionable advice to sales leaders for getting this sales data strategy in place correctly? Yes. I think a good way to say is go slow to go fast. And what I mean by that is getting the foundations right across things like data and process is key if you want to continue to accelerate the sales performance and drive better results from your organization. And sales leaders should care about that. Yes, you may have teams such as sales operations and IT in place to manage a lot of the execution of that, but the sales leaders should have a vested interest in understanding what it's going to take and be supportive of that and also define the clear strategy around how is your organization going to start using the available data more as an asset, not just a report to read from. And I think we talked about some of the scenarios of how you might do that by really highlighting, well, if we're gonna measure activity, why? And being clear on that why, 
which will actually also be much more helpful for the sales operations teams that might be compiling the insights to really provide the right information to the sales leaders and the sales managers that would be reviewing them with their teams. Great insights, Yudi. Such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks for listening in today. And even though you've just listened to a wonderful podcast with Yudi, you didn't get to hear the outtakes that ensued after we were done recording. Several other topics emerged as Yudi and I geeked out over sales ops and sales data strategies. So I'm pleased to announce Yudi's agreed to come back and join us again in the future. Move the Deal podcast is hosted by myself, Greg Moore, produced by Miller Hyman Group and edited by Dan Jakes. I want to thank all of you for listening in each episode. Our listenership and subscriber base have grown rapidly in recent months, so I want to express appreciation to all of you who come back each episode. Join us next episode for more timely insights on how you can see the move that moves the deal.